Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick's uh, intentions are to soothe the uh, tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Um, But, you know, actually, if you're a Ravens fan, you're celebrating this weekend. Are they celebrating this weekend? Mm, good question. Good <laughs> question. Okay. Yeah. Actually, you're right. That's yeah. the discussion that, that I guess we're going to have here. Question. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. to a one-year deal. Uh, and we'll get into the some Longhorns that are trending for the Cowboys and also the Panthers bringing in Bryce Young. I am not happy about these reports that the Panthers are in love with Bryce Young. It's coming out from everywhere. Because you thought it was going to come right back to you, didn't Peter you? Peter King. Yep. Chris Mortensen now, he's saying, oh, man, they're in love. They, oh, they love them some Bryce Young. And now they're bringing him in for another visit. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. That's a all good, right? you, you have you every like right it. to not be happy. I don't like it at all. Yep. And the Texans, maybe they love them some C.J. Stroud. We don't know, but uh, we'll talk about <laughs> that, too. Because uh, Peter King has another report about the Panthers and their intentions. But uh, Chris Mortensen's the latest insider to say that the Panthers, oh, they love them some Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get into that coming up. Let's talk about this Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, signing, gentlemen, because I, I'll admit I'm not often surprised in uh, football because I consider myself a football theorist so I can see it from every angle. I am, I'm surprised that Odell Beckham Jr. got this much cash on a mm-hmm. one-year deal. One year, $13 million signing bonus, so that's straight cash, homie, right up front. It's about 138 or something like that. So they, And then they basically, it's kind of that cash over cap thing that uh, Patrick talks about. They gave him everything in a signing bonus right. up front, pretty much, and this, the base salary is the minimum salary that it could be, uh, a, little, a little over a million dollars, and then $3 million in incentives if he reaches, I don't know, certain catches, yeah. not, certain amount of targets, certain amount of yards, that kind of thing. Um, so... He could make up to $18 million on this contract, but he's definitely going to make at least $15 million. Right, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's making wanted, $15 million walking in the door. Yeah, and he wanted $20 million. Like as soon as he so, signed that paper, and this is a guy he's getting coming, $15 million. This is a guy coming off two ACL tears in the last three years, gentlemen. Yeah. And I, so I'll, I'll say I would, he's got a great agent. I don't know who his agent is, but damn good job. Because if you're a Cowboys fan, at least you know now – Applaud your Cowboys because if this is what the number was on, ain't no way the Cowboys should have been trying to pay Odell not for, Beckham Jr. this kind of money. Not for one year. Not, not for one year. I wouldn't have paid it for two years. Well, I think I would have. I think I would have went out there. I'm I'm at that point where I'm starting to look at some of this and what fits what and how much money does anybody deserve. Again, great job by his agent. Negotiated it perfectly. Did what he needed to do. But what 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 are we playing for? If you're going to give one year contracts, 
It's just like uh, Lamar Jackson. You're giving him a thir- 32, what is it? The non-exclusive is 32-5 or something like that. That's for, what he would yeah, play. Yeah, that's, that's what he would mm-hmm. play for as under that franchise tag. That, yeah, well, the Give him 40. Give him 40 and say, hey, man, you got one year. You got a one-year deal, $40 million, whatever the guarantee is going to be on the signing bonus, and go out and play under that cap. Because, look, Daniel Jones got $40 million. And and if anybody tells me that Daniel Jones is just as good as Lamar Jackson, I'm done with the conversation (laughs) because it's not even the same thing. Because (laughs) let's not forget, last year Daniel Jones was about to be gone. He was about to be released and not being able to. But Brian Dayball, Dayball came in, got him figured out, Figured it's, hey, man, this is going to be my quarterback. I like what he does. It reminds me of Josh Allen. Well, let's not forget Josh Allen wasn't that good of a quarterback when he was coming out either. He got better. And then what happened to Josh Allen last year? He reverted back to the original Josh Allen that everybody had questions about. He started throwing a bunch of interceptions, started looking bad in the pocket, wasn't doing the good things. If you are planning to win a championship, what is your risk-reward now? And if you're not, then if you want to be like Patrick was talking about the Indiana Pacers, if you just want to be in the middle of the pack, then stay in the middle of the pack and then stand on your guns and be ready to go. And I'm not going for this. I'm not going to pay him that much money because you're still going to go backwards. So now you went out and signed for $15 million, 18, if you can get to that number. But who's going to be the quarterback for you now if your quarterback walks? Which is why I don't understand Odell Beckham Jr. So, signing because I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is that much of a difference maker now. Let's take let's start from this uh, stat: only three receivers thirty years or older had a thousand yards receiving in twenty twenty two, and Odell Beckham Jr. is thirty, going on thirty one. Correct. Um, two ACL tears in the last three years. He's averaged thirty eight yards per game uh, with the Rams receiving, and hasn't averaged more than forty five yards per game receiving since 2019. So uh, I don't disagree with what you're saying about teams need to spend money. They spend money. I just don't think it's a wise way to spend your money on an aging wide receiver in a market of wide receivers, which I said it's it's the deepest position in football. You can find quality wide receivers. You're paying for the name brand right. of Odell Beckham Jr., not necessarily productivity. That's that's well. He was on his way to be the MVP in the Super Bowl, but again, that was two years ago. That was two seasons. One ACL, two ACL tears ago too. Yeah, this also (laughs) seems this seems more political move for the Ravens in the sense that OBJ is friends with a lot of the names in the league. He clearly he posted they posted afterwards that him and Lamar were FaceTiming after he signed, Mm -hmm. so they were already talking. So I think this was put in a move. We saw that he uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was supposed to meet with the Jets today, and that's why that deal got pushed through. Was because he basically was his agent basically said we're going to make a deal with the Jets today. So if you wanna if you want him, you better put your best table your best offer on the table because we're going to Great New York agent. and we we're going to New York <laughs> and he ain't gonna be a free agent on Tuesday. And so that's how they got the deal done. And I think the Ravens needed to even if they don't keep Lamar Jackson. Needed to show Baltimore and everyone else that no, we're not the evil guys that don't spend money on right, wide receivers. Right. We got Bateman now. Prime, right? We Rob. got Andrews. We got Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. And we got this guy who's coveted free agent. We got him and we got your guys. And Lamar, you can't say we're not working for you because we just went out and got your guy, Odell. So yeah. come back and do another year. Come back and play another year. And then let's worry about this contract after next year. 
It's too late, though. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you, but that's what it appears that the Ravens are doing. And they just have to do something because if you don't do anything, then the narrative shifts at a certain point. I think they're doing everything they can to make the narrative that Lamar Jackson is the disruptor, mm-hmm. not them. And this is another piece of that to make sure Lamar Jackson stays as the guy who is who no, no matter what they do and no matter what they offered, he, there's nothing they could do to make him happy. He is the uh, to that, to, to Patrick's point, and because I I don't really understand it, so that conspiracy theory makes makes more sense than anything I've come up with. Uh, if you look at receivers, receiver contracts of a- annual average value and what they've been paid since Lamar Jackson became a starter, he is by far and away the highest paid wide receiver oh, since Lamar Jackson became a starter. He's probably combined with all those people. Uh, yeah, like his, if you combine all of their money 15, to where yeah, he his, is at. His 15 million a year, the, the next closest was Willie Sneed. He made $6 million per year at one point. Uh, and then Sammy Watkins is at five million per year at one point. So yeah, you're probably right. You take the next the, the next three receivers <laughs> yeah, yeah. to hardest point. You probably can combine their salaries, and they still won't make as much as Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and so, and the other two guys after that are guys they drafted. Right. Rashad Bateman and Marquise Brown. And I found a little a crazy stat. And Marquise Brown ended up leaving. Ended up leaving. Also getting a little cross yep. with the front office. Uh, and yep, didn't like the yep. way that they were doing business. And we've seen that before, too. Uh, but I saw I saw this stat, too. And it shows you that the, the, the Ravens really do have a blind spot as an organization. And it's crazy. Ozzie Newsom, prior to Eric DaCosta becoming the GM, one of the best GMs in the history of the NFL, he's going to There's go your blind to, spot. He's going, well, <laughs> DaCosta. Uh, well, no, yeah, no, it's it, that's you could be right about that. Um, yeah. But to the point about Ozzy Ozzy Newsom, he's gonna go in there twice. He's in the Hall of Fame as a player. He might go in as a GM mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but the the Ravens have haven't drafted a Pro Bowl wide receiver in, since Ozzy Newsom became the GM. Wow, the only franchise in that period of time not to do one. Two thousand two. Yeah, they're the only, and I what the stat I had heard was the only franchise oh, no, in that right period of yeah, time just, that yeah, had yeah. had not done it. Yeah, and that and that um, that's unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. That is like you would think you'd have by mistake you'd have yeah you'd have <laughs> lucked into something. <laughs> they have not. So they so you combine historically that's their blind spot because they've drafted really mm-hmm. well. This is a great organization. So historically, that's a blind spot number one, and then you get back to uh, the fact that. And, and like I said, I'm not blaming this on Lamar, but there are multiple reports about guys like T.Y. Hilton, Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster, that took less money when they were offered more money by the Ravens. They took less money to go elsewhere because they didn't like the Ravens for whatever reason. Could have been the Costa. Hell, could have been the Costa. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. They talked to some other players who were like don't go there. Could have been Roman. That could have been. Yeah, so that could have been a number. It could have been a number okay. of different things. I'm not even saying that it's Lamar Jackson. Some people like, oh, see, told you they don't want to play with Lamar Jackson. No, it could have been a lot of different things. My point is, they can't really get good wide receivers to save their life. The free agents don't want to go there. They don't draft them really well, and that's why maybe to Patrick's point, not only does this help them in the court of public opinion, um, but also maybe it's out of necessity. Like, dude, we got to bring in something. All right, mm-hmm. because right now, if people break out the numbers like I have that and find out that the Ravens have basically been cheap and spent the fewest salary cap dollars on offense in the last four years of any team in the NFL and the second fewest salary cap dollars on the wide receiver position of any team in the NFL in that time span, man, you know what? We might start losing mm-hmm. this uh, battle in the court of public opinion. 
And Lost. we can always go, oh, no, we just brought in Odell. Paid him $15 million. What are you talking about? We spent a lot of money at Wide Out. There that's you go. exactly what they're doing. That's, that's, that's a great to your point, point, Patrick. Back, you go out there. But I would just say they they really have bad luck with Wide Outs, and that's one of their blind spots organizationally. Yeah, and, and I'll say, too, I, I mean, I keep putting this contract. They keep saying $18 million. It's $15 million because if they're not winning, they'll bench Odell Beckham Jr. and not pay him that last $3 million. Like, those incentives won't be met. If they don't want him to be mad, still fifteen. That's pretty no, high no, I get that, but I'm just saying. Let's say it's a fifteen, not an eighteen, because eighteens if they win, and so if they win eighteen million dollars and he plays great, then eighteen million dollars is a, a discount. That's cheap. cheap. They still so, don't have so, a quarterback. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> but but I'm saying at fifteen million for signing a wide receiver in today's market is not terrible. Now, OBJ, the question is, how many other wide receivers on the market are out there? You know, you got Alan Lazard for a little bit cheaper, but Alan Lazard's not a name that's going to spark any, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no one's going, ooh, you got Alan Lazard, now you're Super Bowl champs. And OBJ at least has that name value that, in the court of public opinion, mm. will make you look like you did something. And $15 million seems, in today's market, somewhat reasonable. I bet the Jets probably would have got him for 11 or 12 Yep. But with incentives up to eighteen, probably still too, they just could have had less guaranteed. The Ravens, like I said, I think they've gone from negotiating with Lamar Jackson to playing hardball to lowballing to now they are actively sabotaging this thing. And I know that Odell Beckham Jr. do isn't that, but to me, he's not going to help Lamar Jackson's. He's not going to help him advance his passing game. I don't think because he needs receivers that create separation, and, and Odell Beckham Jr. God bless him doesn't really do that <laughs> on his own yeah. anymore. And the Rams helped him because Sean McVay is one of the best at scheming receivers open. Yep, yep. The offense the Ravens have right now doesn't do that. Now maybe Todd Munkin and I like Todd Munkin, and they have a see, previous relationship too. Todd Munkin and Odell Beckham Jr. They were together with the Cleveland Browns when he had a thousand yards okay. receiving. There you go. Okay, so good point. He's and he was, I think he was playing with Baker Mayfield at that time. And if that I'm was, not mistaken, they were running. Yes, yeah, good point. So was that when his dad made the mixtape? That was when the mixtape. He could have brought. What he would have had twelve hundred yards receiving. I just know. I just remember his dad yeah. made the mixtape. He, yeah. he did. He, he did. Made, that, that really started everything. Yeah. yeah. He the reason he has a Super Bowl ring now is because his dad. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, he'd still. I can't think. I can't remember Cleveland. what the name of that song that they put in that. Oh, they put a song in that video that was hilarious. Oh, I can't think of what it is <laughs> oh, now. Oh, wow. I can't even really remember it either, but I do remember the mixtape. And, yeah, Odell's daddy, man. Yeah. Isn't there a Dallas connection with Odell's dad? There's a Temple. Okay. Oh, I just did it. Hey, I didn't. Why I didn't go. I, I didn't it? go crazy. Why I didn't I go crazy. You set yourself up, dog. I did. I set you myself set yourself up. up. You played yourself. You played yourself, <laughs> dog. I'm Why just letting you know, that? man. I'm just I, letting I you know. know. So I was like, I think I remember. Yeah, I remember because Harge mentioned it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, now you, man. I can hear you subconsciously in my head. Yeah. I, I like that. All right. Uh, there you go. So Odell, Odell signing with the Ravens. Still got to figure out the Lamar Jackson situation. right Right now, but uh, we haven't had really an update on the Lamar Jackson. I think the next update on that will come post draft. Yeah, right. It, 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 well, I mean, I think that's the smart way to go about it. Well, because then teams that need a quarterback will have a little more clarity mm-hmm. on where that is, and if somebody's going to be traded, you know, you can because you know there's a lot of talk now about trades, and those trades are mentioning this year's picks and next year's picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's a that's a lot of that's a lot tougher that's a tougher sell 
than saying, you know what, uh, we're, we're done with this draft. I'll trade you next year's picks right. in the future picks. That's to trade the picks you're about to give up in the next, what, two weeks when the draft comes up? Yeah. That's a tough sell for the owner who's like, nah, man, I want to see a. I want to see, our see first what round we pick. do. Yeah, I want to see exactly. our shiny, shiny new toy, man. That's right. I want that shiny yeah. new toy right and, now. And like for the team like the Texans, they pick 12. You're like, if there's someone sitting there who falls to 12 and you're like, oh, man. We get we get Carter, we get somebody like that that falls to us at twelve that we mm. thought was a top three pick. Yeah. And we get him at twelve. Well, we don't want to trade that. Yo, exactly. That twelve all of a sudden looks to us like a top five. It's too much. It's, it's a mystery box. This if everybody's taken, it the, is the, mystery the family box. guy mystery box that the draft represents, and everybody will choose the mystery box. No matter what the other prize is like, hey man, we got you a brand new boat or mystery box. It's like, I'll take the mystery box. Yeah. Which is one like, of those. One of those reports like of, of the whole Aaron Rodgers thing is that the Jets are more leery of trading this round's picks until the draft, and so it may wait to closer to draft day for that trade. That makes or sense. after the draft because they're basically like, well, if we need guys, we need we're going to try and win now. Why do we want to give you guys that we're trying to win now and we could use them? If we need, so there, there's rumors that they may be waiting for around draft day to make try and make that trade. And they just had a great draft. Yeah. So they're like, no, man, we might let's hit back to back. Yeah, let's hit back to back on these. Yeah, these drafts, we're, we're great right now. So that could be part of it too. Uh, okay, let's get into the Panthers bringing in Bryce Young. That is the latest report. And I, okay, this is why I'm getting a little uneasy about this as a Texans fan because Peter King's Football Morning in America column for the second week in a row, um, he is bringing up in his column as one of the top items. That the Panthers are, and this is a separate, this is a Chris Mortensen report, but last week he just had a report from his sources that the Panthers really, really liked Bryce Young. The only thing holding it up essentially was that Frank Reich, he's got a type. And it ain't uh-huh. it ain't five ten five eleven quarterbacks. He likes six foot four quarterbacks, and most of the quarterbacks he's had have been six three or taller. Or actually, damn near all the quarterbacks, not most all of the quarterbacks have been six three or taller. And that he may not be willing to experiment with a Bryce Young, uh, the the ultimate outlier at the quarterback position. But now, uh, now he is you know Peter King reporting that management and ownership they really like Bryce Young for the Panthers. He's saying Chris Mortensen. Um, stressed also, and he's pretty plugged in at the Panthers. They like Bryce Young. Bryce Young to Carolina talk, and they, quote, will stick with him when it's time to turn in the card on draft night is what Chris Morrison yeah. is reporting. That's smart. That's smart. I know you don't like it. I don't like because I, I know you don't like I like, listen, I like both of the quarterbacks. Yeah. I love Bryce Young. And like yeah. I said, I think if you're in the draft and you're in a position where the Texans are, if you love Bryce Young, then yep. fight for what you love. <laughs> you need to fight for him. You got draft picks. Honestly, you control the draft arguably for the next two years with all the draft picks you have. Multiple first rounders, four over the next two years. Go get him. If, he, if he's your guy. Now, if he's right. not, then don't do it. That's, that would be stupid. But I think they, I think they, they love him too. I think they're in love with Bryce Young, too. Yeah. All the reports are that Bryce Young blowing people away in the interviews oh, I mean, with his football IQ. You, what did you say? You gave us the cognitive test that he did the, the other day? CS2, 52? CS2 test or something like that, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, 52. He got, like, the highest score that they'd ever seen or something like that. He's, he, like, in the top percentage. Yeah. They yeah. Said he's got the highest score of all the quarterbacks this year. Um, and, matter of fact, there's a – I think we, we – uh, Patrick has something. Yeah. We have this sound. Um, this is – Daniel Jeremiah, I believe. Is it Daniel Jeremiah? Yes. I believe it's Daniel Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is actually on, it's basically kind of a podcast, and he's talking about Bryce Young. And it is, it's, 
He's he's kind of in love with Bryce Young too, and he's talking about the intellect of Bryce Young. He's on the Pat McAfee show, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. He's on the Pat McAfee show, and here he is when he's Pat McAfee pretty much sets it up, and here are his comments about Bryce Young. Thing Bryce Young through the roof. Yeah, uh, off the charts. You put off didn't didn't you you uh, the tweet I read is yes. Daniel Jeremiah accidentally leaks yeah. <laughs> that Bryce Young's the smartest player in this draft or something like that. I, I think that was a tweet I read. Is that is that accurate report or not? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that's out there and exists somewhere. Uh, I would say I would not refute that report that he's the smartest quarterback in this draft. Let's put oh. it that way. Wow. There you go. The smartest. He's not going to refute that report. So, basically, if you have a problem with his height, his physical height, think of him as an intellectual giant. <laughs> and then maybe, He's standing on books. <laughs> there it is. There it maybe is. That's, maybe yeah. that'll change the conversation. This is, and so, if you're a Texans, if you're the Texans right now, either you really love C.J. Stroud and you're keeping your mouth shut because you're hoping that he falls to you at two and that's your whole thing, so that's maybe one pass. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a Bryce Young guy, you need to put as much press into C.J. Stroud and make him look like the best player ever and leak out as much information about how he's a genius mm-hmm. and everything else because owners love people in the news, and C.J. Stroud ain't been in the news since Ohio State finished their season. I love it. So you're saying that Texas need to get into some – they need to get into a propaganda game. Yes. Yeah. Because no one's talking about him. Yeah, and they pump – so if you really love Bryce Young, you start pumping up CJ. CJ yeah, yep. so get him and get his press up. And so then the, the Panthers <laughs> have a decision to make. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a decision right now because no one is talking about CJ Stroud. And, and, and fortunately for you, Frank Reich is – He's on your side because yeah. he wants. I think he wants C.J. Stroud, exactly. but then reportedly the exactly. Panthers ownership. Yeah. But you have to, but <laughs> so, you have to make him the hot topic. And you look at him, prototypical football player. Hey. He is, he is the LeBron James of football. <laughs> Wait, look at this guy. He's about to redefine a generation. Uh, Get that out there. No, I think you're onto something because if you're the Texans, if say both, say let's just say the the hypothetical is both of y'all are in love with Bryce Young. That's it, right? Both yeah. of y'all in love with Bryce Young. And you're at Texas at two. If you're not going to trade up to go get him, which is what the Panthers, I think, want anyway. They would yeah, love no. to have basically name their price for whatever uh, the Texans are willing to trade for Bryce Young. And I'm sure it would be it would be way too much in terms of draft value just to move up one spot. But Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams, Cardi B size, making the stallion size. But is if you are in love with Bryce Young, you believe he's the best quarterback in the draft, then you you got to go get him. You got to go fight for him, as I said. You got so I would either trade for him or Patrick's right, then go full on propaganda mode. You got to and just just start putting out there that C.J. Stroud, you know, that he's not, not obviously behind the scenes, but put out there that he's the guy. Because right now, yeah, all the reports are that Bryce Young is separating with all these visits with his football IQ. Yeah. That he's just unbelievable on he's the dry race board. Himself from everybody. I think Steve Smith said basically. That everybody that he's talked to say that C.J. Stroud is a is a good player, nothing wrong with him at all. But that Bryce Young, basically football IQ wise, is on another level. Like he is elite with the processing of yeah. defenses, which makes sense yeah. when you watch him play. I, I agree with that because I mean, it's you know you know how hard it is to to keep your eyes downfield and run when there's a pass rush and especially when you're five nine 180 pounds it's pretty hard to ignore big humans running at you and he's able to do that at an elite level. Mm-hmm. I know it's crazy. It and is I, so. I, the the, the game film would tell you. 
that he has an elite ability to to decipher defenses and make decisions in clutch. That was what the, the stats and what the, the game film would tell you. But if you're the Texans, either you better trade up. And either way, and here's the other deal. If you're going to take C.J. Stroud, give some good press to C.J. Stroud because, honestly, your fan base is going to be pretty pissed off when you get him at number two, and no one has talked about this man since he played his last game exactly. at Ohio State. Well, we have. We've talked we've talked about we've Will talked. Levis. We've talked about Andy Richardson. We've talked about Hinton Hooker. we talked about everybody else that's on this board. And not just us, but I'm saying media in general. Mm. He's talking about every other person and telling you how these guys could be the next great quarterback. And no one is saying C.J. Stroud could be the next great quarterback. No one's saying he's going to be a bad quarterback. They're saying nothing about him whatsoever. That's a good point. I so, would take C.J. Stroud. I, look, you I, you, you I prefer C.J. Stroud. I do. You prefer Stroud. I do. Okay. All right, let's hard lead up the, the no, PR department for I the know, Texans. I like, yeah, I, like, I, I like both quarterbacks. I do too. I, I think I just, I, I'm falling in love with Bryce Young. So. Uh, to me, you can't go wrong, and I'm not talking about we got to steal. These guys got to all go out there and play. So we get that. Yeah. But I'm saying on the surface, I have no problem with either one of these quarterbacks, whether they go one and two or or if it's Young or Stroud or Stroud or Young. I think both teams are going to get their quarterback. It's who do you prefer? Well, and, You know what I'm saying? Like it, as, as management, who is your upper management? Because you think you got a home run pick, if, even if it is Bryce Young, but you messed it up, so now the conversation, you messed that up. So you got to get what you get and don't throw a fit like your parents used to say to you. Yeah. You did that to yourself. That's why I don't like it. That's why no. I'm in Texas. I trade for the number one. Pick. And, I want to control the draft. And right. we, we, you can think about this during the break. We can go with it. Tell me what C.J. Stroud is elite at. We know that Bryce Young is elite in his decision-making and he's, his reading of defense. We know that. Improvisation yes. for Bryce Young is elite. Okay. Too. When the play breaks down, because he's amazing. that's what you got to go with. Well, I'm talking about C.J. Stroud. And I, I think, think, what's, Young, I think he I'm has saying, the what's same ability. With, he just did never have to do that But that's the thing. So CJ, he had the top wide receivers. He had a top line. He did. he did everything he needed to do. We got to see that in the very last game that he played. He, he ran around against a, a top-level team, yeah. and he he almost willed his team to, to the win. Oh, no, and I'm not – and, again, I'm not disparaging. Not yeah. I'm saying we, if we look at the coverage, Bryce Young is an elite decision-maker. He's elite uh, processing. We know that Will Levis has an elite arm. We know that Anthony Richardson has elite athleticism. And I don't think there's anyone coming out with anything saying that C.J. Stroud has one X-man ability that puts him above anybody else. He's just really good at everything. That, that, and so that's I the question that. is – when you, you want that one characteristic, you can go on him, and I'm not sure what his is. And if, if you can find that out, then it becomes much easier to go, oh, this is what this guy can do. But I think he's just really good at pretty much everything. So he's nines across the board, but there's no tens. But I guarantee you this, and, and the thing that you said, Will Levis got flaws. He's got an elite arm, got a bunch of flaws. Uh, Anthony yeah. Richardson, flaws. Got to lead everything, uh-huh. but got flaws. Yeah. We haven't heard any flaws exactly. on C.J. Stroud. So that's the that's the thing that I like about it is, like, you know you got a calming person from every level, whether it's the big throw, the outs, the stops, the goals. He can throw all of those. Mm-hmm. And going back to your point about being a little bit more elusive – we got a chance to see that. I believe didn't they Georgia? play Georgia? Yeah, yeah, and we got to see where he almost willed his team to victory. He has that kind of talent, so I'm with you on that. And I know that they're just sitting in the weeds because they know it. They go in one or two anyway. Yeah. No, it's a good point about him. I mean, the big flaw in Bryce Young is he's small. Yep, he's not only small, short, 
wise. He's slight too. Yeah. He's, he's less than two hundred pounds. He light in the cooler. Yeah, he's light and he's <laughs> short. So that maybe that is CJ Stroud. Yeah. You know, maybe that is kind of the one thing that sets him apart is that he doesn't have a tragic Shakespearean flaw right. about his game. And the rest of them do. The Shakespearean flaw about Bryce Young that makes him an ultimate outlier is his height yep. and his how slight he is. Height yep. and slight. That honestly, that really can work out to be a guy that just can't really survive and perform at the NFL level. We don't know. I don't think it'll be that big of an issue, but we will find out. We All will right. definitely find out. What you got out. coming up on Harsh Knock? We're going to talk a little bit of baseball right here. I want to talk about one of the hottest teams in the game and some of the young young players that are out there as well. All right, uh, we'll come back. Harsh Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And, of course, the man behind the glass, you can follow him at It's Patrick Davis. Also, we love it when you're a part of the show, so hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And I know that the baseball season is just getting underway. We're still uh, in the first month of April, started March 31st on some games, March 30th in others. Minor league season is underway. But there are some teams that we didn't have a lot of conversation about early in the year. And the Athletic does a great job of putting together some of their power rankings, whether you agree with them or not. That's the beautiful part about it. It's theirs. And I like looking at it because they have some great information when it comes down to these power rankings. I also have MLB and some other sources that I go to to get some of the information that I either agree with or don't agree with. And they have their top 10 rankings out there. And I'm just going to go through the 10. At the bottom of the 10 is the New York Mets. Now, mind you, some of these records are not going to be part of what you normally see, right? So if you're looking at the power rankings and I'd say the New York Mets and they're five and five, you're Mm -hmm. like, well, dang, that ain't that good. But some of it has to do with the teams that they were playing, who's coming back. Verlander's still not part of their rotation yet. So there's other guys that are having an opportunity to step up and, and try to make their way. Well, some of it is, uh, you start looking at the batting and who is the best hitters and who's going to start off good and start off bad. Some of these guys just aren't there yet. And we've talked about that before with the Texas baseball team, University of Texas. Mm-hmm. I said some of these guys that don't have good hitting numbers, they're going to get it going. I just talked about Dylan Campbell in the break, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But he is one of the guys that he started off, everybody's like, oh, he's not doing well. Well, he's over 300 now. Mm. He's hitting like 419, 420 yeah. for the, the in-conference play. So his average has jumped. 
and he's done what he needed to do. So the New York Mets come in at number 10. The Minnesota Twins are 6-3. and three. They've got some tough players pitchers-wise, and they have some position players that are doing a good job. Carlos Correa, he's not really tearing the cover off the baseball, Mm -hmm. but we know what Carlos Correa is going to bring to the table. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays, a team that is and 6-4, they are a team that I've been nervous about for a long time because they have so much young talent on their squad that they put a lot of fear in in other teams because they can score – in all different directions, whether it's George Springer, uh, Bo, Bo Bichette, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Biggio. They have a bunch of different guys that can show up and make things happen. You also have to look at their pitching staff. Their pitching staff is pretty solid as well. So it's good for them early in the season. Right now, here's another team, the Houston Astros. Go Astros! The Houston Astros are 4-6. and six. It ain't good. That's not a good look. That's not a good look. But, again, you go back and you look at what their consec- – they played all the teams in the Central. They played 10 games against the White Sox, the Twins, and the Guardians. Hmm. These are the best teams in their division, and the Astros opened the season up against them. And they didn't have Jose Altuve True. as well to start the season off. You also had to make the adjustment by losing Verlander also. So now you're trying to figure out – Hunter Brown, by the way – Pitched great. I believe it was yesterday. He threw the ball really, really well yesterday. The Milwaukee Brewers, one of the best teams in baseball. We didn't know that they were going to be that, but they've started off well. They've got some good pitching, and their hitters are starting to drive the baseball. Uh, The L.A. Dodgers, we expect them to be in the mix all the time. We'll just see what happens. But they – when they they're five and five, but they started off against the Padres. They started off against the Angels, and they've also had a tough go against uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that's another team too. But we know that they're going to be in the mix. The Atlanta Braves come in at number four. Austin Riley, Ronald Cunha Jr. They got destroyed last night by the Padres. We'll get into the Padres in a second because they are knocking the ball all over the place. Mm. But the but the Braves are right there as well. Number three, the San Diego Padres. They also are six and four. Juan Soto is starting to hit the baseball. Wasn't hitting the baseball earlier. They still don't have Tatis yet. Then he's coming back. So think about that. They're going to have Tatis. They're going to have Bogarts, who they got from the Red Sox. They got Manny Machado at second base. And they got Soto in the outfield. Hmm. They they, they are definitely a team to be reckoned with. The New York Yankees come in tied for number one. The New York Yankees, Garrett Cole is continuing to throw the baseball. Aaron Judge is doing Aaron Judge things. He had two home runs yesterday. Uh, Torres, the second baseman, is starting to steal bases. So this is going to be a battle between the Rays and the Blue Jays, which and the Yankees, of course, which leads me to the Tampa Bay Rays. This is unbelievable what yeah, they are doing man, right now. It is crazy. They are nine and zero. They started off. In, they've outscored their opponents by fifty seven runs early in the season. Outscored their opponents by 57 in nine games. They are out there doing some things that you've never, ever seen before. They got Randy Arosa, uh, the outfielder, and, of course, the kid that I told you all about, Wander Franco. 
He came up last year, and I was like, this dude's going to be rookie of the year. He's that talented. He was one of the best baseball players in all of minor league, came in, started playing shortstop. He was dealing with a couple injuries here and there, but he seems to be in the best shape of his life, and their pitching staff has been top-notch as well. We always thought they were going to do well pitching, Mm. but they've got three guys right now, Drew Rossman, Rossmanson, Jeffrey uh, Springs, not Jeffrey Springer, Jeffrey Springs <laughs> and Shane McClanahan, who McClanahan was part of it last year. He was in the running for Cy Young. Those three are the ones that have been dealing for them. And again, let me bring this back to you. They're 9-0, and and they have outscored their opponents by 57 runs already. Uh, can I add to that stuff? Go ahead. Uh, it says the Tampa Bay Rays are the first team since 1884 yes. with a run differential of more than 50 over their first nine games of the season. Uh, in 1884, the mound was 50 feet from home, and it was the first year pitchers were allowed to throw the ball overhand. <laughs> Ain't that, that crazy? Is, that, is, that is a great stat. What the The hell, first time man? they could throw it overhand. The, so, like, to your point, we ain't, seen the, we ain't seen a start this hot in the history of Major League Baseball for a team. It's dominant, whatever way you want to say it. Very, very dominant. So this is, this is something that you want to continue to look at now. Obviously, it's early in the season, just as bad as some of the teams were that we had to be patient mm-hmm. with. It's the same thing here. I mean, Rod just gave you the numbers and the stat about the last time it was, 1884. 1884. And they just learned how to throw overhand. <laughs> that is that is something that is going to come back and get even pretty soon. But right now, enjoy the ride, enjoy the numbers, and enjoy the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think anybody's ever talked about enjoying the Tampa Bay Rays, <laughs> except for my man Chipper Jones uh, last year when he said, make sure you pay attention to him. But then they had a bunch of injuries, and well, it changed he everything. Saw it coming. He saw it. And here they are right now, 9-0. and oh. It has been a very, very impressive start. Uh, yeah, that is – I mean, what's the biggest surprise so far of Major League Baseball season? Just surprise storyline, period, overall. I, I, are the Rays it? The Rays would be it. I think the the Guardians being 6-4 and four are still good. I think the negative story, they still are high on the power rankings. I will give the Texas Rangers, they're 5-4, and four and they come in at number 16 on this deal. And remember, this was a team that started off very, very slow. Last year, they started off a little slow this year, but they got great pitching. I think it's going to even out. I think a lot of their youth is about to step into the limelight mm-hmm. as well now that they've gotten their feet wet uh, at the major league level. Bubba Thompson almost hit for the cycle uh, yesterday, so he's another guy that is very, very talented as well. But I think that would be one mm-hmm. of the teams. And I think the, the other big story I would look at is the Chicago Cubs. Mm. What are the Cubs going to do? They're still trying to figure it out. Their defense is not very good, and they thought that their defense was going to be a major part of the success that they had. They yeah. went and got Dads B. Swanson, but they were trying to get Bogarts. They were trying to get Trey Turner. They thought that they were going to get Corey Seager at one point, and they just – I'm not saying Swanson is a bad dude. He was the number one overall pick, but he just isn't. That. Yeah. yeah. And a yeah. lot of their guys that they thought were going to be good, they're just not good right now. Yet. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cubs <laughs> fans are probably like, oh, here we go again. 
But I would say hold off a little bit. Let's just see what happens. All right, Hard you buying into the Dusty Baker? Hey, man, we need to play these guys now because we're going to need them later in the year. I'm all in with on Dusty. Mauricio Dubon yep. and not playing Chaz McCormick in the center field. Everyone's like, the stats would tell you Dubon is no good right now. Right. And Hensley's better. And Chaz McCormick's the best center fielder we have. Yep. But Dusty's like, dude, if we don't play him now, they ain't going to be ready. Right. And injuries will happen and we're going to be screwed. We're going to be throwing them in there in, in the first place. So yeah. I would like to. Just let them go. Okay. So, this, this is when you uh, basically the growing pains. This is the, the time to have them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you still, let's just keep saying we've got that World Series hangover. Uh, yeah. If yeah. you're the Astros. Well, yeah. Because they are a younger group of players that have had success. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you were an older team, you can work your way out of it. Some of the, and, and I, I still believe some of these younger players are going to work their way out of it. I mean, you're in the big leagues. You're going to have some tough times. There are going to be some moments where you go through this little spell. It's a game of streaks, right? You're going to either have them or you're not, and they're going to have them because that's who they are. Yeah, I trust Dusty Baker. Remember, a lot of people didn't trust him for a while. Now they got that World Series championship, and they're like, oh, yeah, man, Dusty, go ahead, man. He's Do earned it. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. It's a good point. Yeah, I remember people panicking initially about some of Dusty's moves. There's less of that now because yep. I think Dusty has – he earned it then, but now, of course, uh, with a championship, a lot of uh, less stress and anxiety with this slow start for the Astros among Astros fans. All right, uh, good hearts, knock life there. We come back. We'll talk off the record. The salacious gossip happening in the NBA. <laughs> What's happening with the Timberwolves? We'll get into that. You have teammates uh, getting into it, having scuffles on the sidelines. Uh, we'll talk some NBA on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 on the Horn. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, man. It's cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, well, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Apparently, gentlemen, um, there's uh, tensions boiling over in the NBA now that the postseason is among us. There's a lot of teams are stressed out. One of those teams, uh, the Timberwolves, apparently, had, had uh, acted out their frustration in a uh, really a side. Uh, there was basically kind of a, uh, a sideline you know, dispute, I should say between uh, Rudy Gobert and one of his teammates. So, and in addition Kyle to, Anderson. Kyle Anderson, thank you very much. So, uh, apparently, and, and this is two, two separate incidents. So, after, uh, sorry, before Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson got into that sideline argument and they ended up, you know, they said he threw a punch. I saw it. That's not a punch. Oh, he, tried. he, he swung. He yeah. swung. He swung. I wouldn't say a punch. He swung at him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think swing, yeah. It wasn't Don't a forget, punch. he's from overseas, so it's a different <laughs> What did you try to say? It might have been, yeah. been a different punch Oh, well, he in is France. French, though. Yeah, yeah, so maybe that's a oui, punch. Oui. That's a punch oh, in France, then. Oh, yeah. oh. So maybe it was a punch in France. Uh, I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, so apparently, in addition to that, by the way, and they say he threw a punch. He has been reprimanded for suspended this. a game. Yes, yes. he is suspended for the playing game against the Lakers in L.A. That's trouble. That's, that, that's, that's ding, ding, I mean, ding, not ding, really. Ding. Their record with him isn't great. He was a really bad trade. 
That's and that's kind of why the temp- the tempers are boiling over because he makes forty million dollars and he's like not that great uh, anymore. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, well, that obviously they're frustrated. So in addition to that situation, and Patrick just said he's been suspended for a game as a result, or Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert has the forward Jaden McDaniels. He landed on uh, the injury report too yes. because he punched a wall. Saw that too. Why? Okay. He was on his way to the locker room area. And he, out of anger, punched the wall and broke his hand. He played nine minutes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but was subbed out of the contest after picking up his second foul. And I guess uh, picking up that second foul. That was early in the first quarter, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he then, I guess, out of frustration, like Hart said, I, they assume that's the reason is that he was taken out of the game because of the second foul. That's why he was so frustrated. I, that's crazy. Yeah, Come he, on, man. he's trying to figure out. I need to play. I need to play. Wow! And then, pop. So he's he's been he's been ruled out for the you know basically he, fractured hand. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah good defender. Which yeah, was, was, he's actually probably a somewhat bigger loss in this Lakers game because he's the one that's going to be defending LeBron. Yeah, is so what he's I heard Zay to, talking about. Yeah, so he yeah. needs to be in there to play defense. Rudy Gobert, yeah, it's it's great. Maybe he could have played good Rim defense protector. against Anthony Davis, but offensively, it just the flow doesn't work. There's a lot of problems with that team when they got Rudy Gobert. But yeah, McDaniel's being out now too. You're like, you can't lose two guys going up against Lakers. Now they have to lose two to get knocked out of the playoffs completely. And they'll get Rudy Gobert back for the game that will be in Minnesota if they lose to the Lakers. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that's is why not. he's at home. So and he wanted to go. And home the fight, and rest. if you didn't, if you didn't see what the fight was, uh, Kyle Anderson was he's drafted by the Spurs, uh, nicknamed Slow Mo because we were watching him oh play. Oh my God, he is. He slowest. has the slowest. So him in a fight with a Frenchman, very fun to see. Uh, <laughs> but if apparently, according to Woj, uh, Anderson that. Rudy Gobert had told him to focus more and focus, which was pissing off Kyle Anderson because he's like, "Why are you telling me to focus? Like I'm focused. You're not. You're not doing you're anything. Focused. And like I'm supposed to feed him to you to stop him, and then you're not stopping him. That's not my fault. <laughs> and so he apparently then called him a b word multiple times. Uh, and so that is Kyle what Kyle Anderson calls Gobert. Gobert, the and that's what oh. caused Gobert to swing at Anderson. Okay. Was that he called him multiple times? So the the Timberwolves basically said, "Look, he took a swing at another player, so we have to spin him for a game." He wasn't really in the wrong though, because the other guy was calling him the B word over and over again while he's playing while injured. And so they were like, "Yeah, they're both in the wrong. We're not going to spin them both because we need somebody to play." But the guy who took a swing has to get suspended for a game. We get that. Uh, Kevin Garnett <laughs> tweeted out what <laughs> basically a caption of the video of, of them getting into it. Nothing like a light scuffle to tighten up the screws before the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> LFG at Timberwolves, and, and and I believe he is serious. He's not joking around. It wasn't he a is laughing emoji or no. nothing. Like he's like, nah, this is what it is. Uh, he also said playoffs, play in, whatever, stakes is up. Yeah, he he I, commented on his own tweet. I don't know if this Timberwolves team has quite the same heart that KG's team did. <laughs> I don't Not know at all. If Carl Anthony Towns and KG hold many similarities other than <laughs> 6'11. Uh, yep. Also, Hard, you found another scuffle yes. that took place on the sidelines. And it basically, it had to be on the final night. It had to have been. It was. It was. Uh, Miles Plumley, is his name Miles? Mason Plumley. He has a brother, Miles. That's right. Okay. And Bones Holland, two guys that are are really good 
defenders. I mean, they, these guys play good defense. Bones Highland played for Shaka at VCU. Yes. One of those oh, defenders that was yeah. really good from VCU. Those yeah. Havoc teams. Yes. And wow. they, they, decide, they decide that they want to squab on the sideline, I'm too. I'm looking at it now. It's like, come on, man. They trying and to get it right for the playoffs. Both those guys came over around the trade deadline. Bones Highland was a guy who got basically shipped out of Denver because they were because he was such a problem because he wasn't getting enough playing time and he hates Jamal Murray because he thought he was better than Jamal Murray and so they sent him over after the the Clippers had cut Reggie Jackson and they wanted another point guard and then he hasn't been happy there. Plumley also came over to give him more depth and neither so both of them are not getting the playing time they wanted. They're not having the fun. You have Bledsoe and and Russell Westbrook taking up all this playing time that these younger guys are like. Seriously? This is why we wow. came here? We came here, and you're going to give Russell Westbrook 25 minutes a game? Like, the dude can't <laughs> ball no more. Like, yeah. he can ball one every 10 games. He can't play defense. Go put me out there. I'll play. Yeah. Now, you need the defenders, though. We talk, That's what separates in the playoffs these days. Yeah. Everybody can score. Yep. The scrub teams all can score now, Everybody but only a few good teams yep. can play on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it's the opposite the of what time. it used to be when I was growing up watching the NBA, where nobody really could score, but everybody could play defense. No, and that, like, the games <laughs> on Sunday, to fight you too. everybody wanted to fight you too back That's in the right. games yeah. on Sunday show you that too, because and I, I could pull them up, but there are so many weird stat lines from Sunday because so many players sat on Sunday because it was the last game of the season. Good point. Yeah, that, like Kenny Lofton Jr., who just got called up from. Uh, from from Memphis because yep. Steven Adams out put up like forty seven points. Yeah, what? Like he wasn't in the NBA a couple days ago, and then he put up like forty seven. And what yeah. I'd say, yeah, for, it's a scores dream in the NBA right now. Yeah, you can score, but that means you're gonna win. And those games, no one's playing defense because everyone's like, just be healthy, just stay healthy. Where the playoffs around the corner, all the seeds are pretty much set, so most of those games didn't matter. And there were some crazy stat lines. Yeah, you're right because I heard Craig talk about that on Light the Tower that somebody set a record. For like a quarter in scoring or something like that. Uh, Clay Thompson's, I believe. Uh, it, Clay Thompson it, it scored the most right. points in five minutes. It was, yeah, it was five the Warriors. Minutes, yeah. It yeah. was the Warriors. Something freaky like that. Yeah, that's a good point. They also, yeah, they put up fifty something points in a quarter. Oh, I mean, that, the Spurs th- outscored the Mavs forty-two fourteen in the first quarter last yesterday. Yeah, the Mavs are just yeah. But it's it's the Spurs, and they outscored them forty-two fourteen. <laughs> that's true. But you know what? That's speaking of the Mavs are that the the epitome of that, right? They can yeah. score with anybody. They can play any D at yeah. all. Uh, all right, there you go. Uh, NBA, a lot of salacious gossip, but uh, the NBA uh, starting to heat up for the postseason. Harch, uh, real quick, you when you got it, you got into it with a teammate before? Ever? Yeah. Oh yeah. How many? Yeah, over what? What uh, was the reason? Well, because he was talking a little bit too much, and your boy was struggling. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this the, today is not the day. And I'm not I, the day. I gave, but I gave warning. Yeah. I gave warning. I'm like, like I'm not playing it today. And he kept mouthing off. He had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich all up in his grill. Hold up, you mashed him? Oh, yeah. Hold up, where'd you get the peanut butter and jelly from? I was having lunch in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never did nothing uh, like then that. you're mad oh, and yeah. hungry. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, I was starving. I didn't play that game either. Did you get sus- basically suspended? I didn't get suspended. They just knew today was not the day. <laughs> I always don't need to be at the play. I don't need somebody, to... the wrong pitch, yeah, <laughs> the wrong exactly. placement. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to charge the I'm mile. charging the mile. Dude be like, anyway. man, I was just off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Chan wanted to know on the yeah. sex line. Have you? I have not really. I never really had one of those blow-ups uh, yeah. with a teammate like that. I've witnessed them. I remember them. Yeah. I never really had them. I, I saw a lot of guys that I never really had any of those, but I, I witnessed a ton of those. No doubt. Uh, they happen a lot more than you think. They do. Uh, all right, you come back. Uh, we'll get into Daniel Jeremiah's top 40 players, and we'll get into a little Cowboys news notes and nuggets right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The